how are you anyway man how's your dog yeah yeah all right she's just it's been a few days now she's been like this so what's going on is it constipation she's alternating from diarrhea to constipation like it's kind of like a mix of the two like and she keeps in the middle of the night she's been shitting and there's not much i like i take her out right before i go to bed and as, like as and soon as i wake, wake up, up there's a shit or you you wake up and she's yeah like so out. in last okay. night like i slept for like not i got like six hours sleep you know not even a, a long sleep and in those six hours she'd shit on the rug again and then i took her out and she just couldn't get the poo out oh, i had no. to pull it i put a bag on my hand i'm doing it in the street as well Ooh, you know? that's like, embarrassing yeah <laughs> yeah and then it goes all you she's long hair dog all over the fur and that so i have to bath her Anyways, welcome to episode 24 of the Rostrofina Project with co-host Liam Amies. If you enjoyed this episode, then give it a share on social media and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TRTPpod. Today's guest is a science buff and 3D printing connoisseur. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Jerry Nicholas. Oh wow, what's that? It's the left. You're celebrating. It's left. Is your day no, off work? I'm just. Way. I'm just <laughs> it's I've, got, I've got a Belgian beer. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Been nice. <laughs> it's good. Belgian beer is good because it's strong. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Oh, amazing. I was super excited mm. about your shed the other day, Jerry, when you called me. <laughs> Oh man, it's a labour of love though. There's not many people that are left that I haven't shown it yet. So when I find a new one, I'm like, fucking right, you're getting the lot, mate. Oh, no, I was. Uh, I get to talk. I, I talk to interesting people all the time through the podcast, and li- literally the other day when I saw your shed, that was the most excited I've been in fucking ages. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Good. It inspired me so much. Uh, what? What do you reckon? Uh, is the importance of having like a man cave in a lockdown oh definitely in a lockdown yeah in a lockdown undeniably important <laughs> um to have your own space you know um i've got a little cupboard under the stairs with a desk in it as well i've made a little <laughs> office in there that's, a... but that's... <laughs> like harry potter yeah it's yes. a harry potter cupboard <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but joking aside, when Poppy's not in and it's not locked down, I need to be in the house to get deliveries and people knocking on the door and whatever else. And I can't be in the shed. I tried putting a sign on the door, but all the couriers just ignore it. So can you you've got to rig a what's it called? Like a, a bell up to the shed so you can hear it. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm trying to do at the minute is do a vi- I'm going to make my own video doorbell next. Oh, and then make your own one. Yeah, I have it. I don't want to. Yeah, but things they're like a hundred quid or something, like fifty quid, a hundred quid. Like it's just such stupid money. So if I can make my own, it'd be cheap, but it'll take loads of my time up. But it'd be fun. So for the viewers Um, at home, tell tell them what you got going on with with your shed. Oh God, we're recording already. Yeah, sorry, dude. Uh, uh, (laughs) 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 Hi. So I I built my shed in lockdown, basically. To, so I could work in it, right? And it's made of wood, and it's got insulation, and it's full of computers and drones and. Quite tools. a big shed, isn't it? As well. 
not that big, really. I mean, it's quite big for a shed, but it's not very big for an office. It's already mm. completely fucking full of shit. Mm. <laughs> it looks pretty nice. <laughs> you look like kind got... of like one of those people who are sort of trying to overthrow the government in secret, and you got like your computer <laughs> no, bits. I'm you far too <laughs> compliant for that, Ross. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to further the interests of humanity. Yeah. By learning how to do things myself. <laughs> That's cool. some shit like that, anyway. But you've got a big interest in 3D printers. Um, so what's the first thing you ever printed? The, f- the first thing I ever printed properly was the box for my now wife's engagement ring. Aww. Um, I, did, I actually did it during a works Christmas party as well. I just I got my first printer. I, it's, it was a terrible printer. It was like 100 quid and, and build it yourself. And it barely printed a thing. Um, but I just put it together and just got it working and like fiddle with it loads to make it work and then had to print this thing four times over the course of our last day at work before I proposed to Poppy on Christmas Eve. Oh. Um, so everyone else was getting smashed, drinking beer and eating pizza and I was there playing with my printer. Also <laughs> drinking beer and eating pizza. Did you 3D print right. the, the ring? It was all right. Well. Yeah. No, I did not 3D print the ring. I don't think ring. a plastic ring would really be appropriate for the occasion. <laughs> I thought about it. Um... <laughs> oh. Oh, um... What's the most complicated thing you've ever 3D printed? Most of my drone say drone it doesn't work i don't think it's really classed as a drone yet it's just a load of like lumps of 3d printed stuff (laughs) don't yet fly (laughs) yeah i think it's not done until it's flown at least once yeah (laughs) Yeah. even if i threw it across the garden or something yeah (laughs) oh that's hilarious what excites you most about uh the 3d printing technology i i just like doing things myself and so a lot of people will like I've got friends and family say, Jerry, print this for me. And they want the stuff. They're not interested in the process. So they'll never be able to print their own stuff. And that means, you know, there's print shops and print bureaus and all these people now that you can just send your stuff and ask them to print it and they'll do it for you. And that's fine. But that doesn't, that doesn't really interest me either. <laughs> like I want the 3D printed stuff. Don't get me wrong. And I want to make it myself, but I don't really want to be a print shop. You're Does more that interested sense? in the process then, almost. Well, I just learnt, I learnt the process and got a printer. And I've upgraded my printer a couple of times since. But it's for a purpose. It's not, it's not just for the sake of printing. It's for making drones or, you know, making the clip that this webcam at the moment or all sorts of weird stuff. Uh how much does the like the material that it prints out of cost compared to how oh, much like you would end nothing. up spending? This let me show you. I've got a reel. This is a kilogram of plastic string. It's filament. That's like twenty quid. And honestly, a kilo. Imagine enough like Lego to weigh a kilo. That's a lot of Lego. Mm. No, I make. I don't make Lego. That's illegal. Is it illegal? Made out of Lego. Uh, is it, well, is it, it depends. It's copyrighted. It's complicated. If I tried, if I literally copied Lego, and then printed it and sold it, oh. probably get in trouble with Lego. 
It's Call the it saying Jacko it, instead. Jacko. <laughs> 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 oh, now everybody's going to know my plan. Half price Lego to Jacko. Jacko. Have another beer, mate. Oh, that's so funny. Um, okay, so it is, it's the selling of it rather than the print. You could print your own Lego. Yeah, yeah. If you're so, if you, if you just copy, if I designed Lego pieces and printed them for myself and never sold them on, it's not commercial, is it? So no one can get you. Could you sell it cheaper? Could you sell your Jago cheaper? Could you set up like a a listed like Lego market? The the problem is that the Lego people, apart from the fact they like making lots of money off their Lego, can actually make it cheaper than me. Um, because they've got big factories. They would outprice Jago in a second. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it. Something tells me people have tried it already. There's, and there's loads of weird like Lego copies anyway. You need to yeah. make a Lego. But that... even when we were kids, like Playmobil, that was just shit Lego, wasn't it? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And it's kind of Playmobil. Bigger. I quite like Playmobil. Yeah, same. Connects was my favourite. Oh, Connects. You could actually, you could like make oh, stuff Connects out of it. Connects was amazing. I had a roller coaster set of oh, that. We was used incredible. to make elastic band powered guns and shoot yeah, my brothers. Yeah, because you could get uh, back ones with uh, like electronic motors and stuff. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever really... happened to Connect? One thing you could do know. that uh, would beat Lego is if you managed to build a sort of Lego alternative that didn't hurt when you stood on it. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. So I'm looking at some new plastic at the minute, which is like slightly flexible, like what's it like? Like the bottom of your trainer, that kind of yeah, like rubber. Tough, tough, but rubbery. Yeah. Um, you can make Lego out of that. That'd be legit soft Lego. Oh, nice. Jago. Yeah. You call it Flexi Jago. And flexi you can Jago. just start Jago Land in your Jago. back garden. I've already built Jago Land, mate. It's my shed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Michael Jackson. This is getting this is not going in the direction I wanted to. Let's talk about something else now. <laughs> Come and see my Jago Land. It's <laughs> <laughs> just so ignorant. Ignorant. <laughs> I was reading oh. about Michael Jackson before, um, well, earlier this afternoon. You hoping to slip in a Jacko reference? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Researching possible entrances for Michael Jackson in a relevant conversation. I mean, yeah. how we got from Lego to that, I don't know. Yeah. Have you got any other plans to build anything with your printer? Uh, so I, my great big mission, right? Apart, there's two things I want to do. One is I need a job, and I need a company that makes money to to feed me and house me and you know all the good stuff um and the other thing is i just kind of want i want to be self-sustaining i want to stop relying on like weird you know dodgy chemical fertilizer sprayed fruits and vegetables that come from a supermarket and drive around in lorries all around the country and on the ships and all this mad stuff and you like you look around and there's plants growing in the ground and you yeah. and yeah we don't we don't eat them we eat the ones that have been on 
boats and ships and you know <laughs> lorries it's bizarre isn't it no yeah, no yeah. I, I don't want these plants that are next to me i want them from thousands of miles away please it's just yeah, weird. I guess it's because people have to work like nine to five jobs, and they a lot of people don't really have the time to maintain a vegetable garden. Yeah, totally. It's the struggle it's, of producing okay, stuff. I mass, mean, vegetable gardens are just one example, right? Mm. the The really interesting thing is that there are people who have their own vegetable gardens, and honestly, have farmers. A, a massive excess of produce all the time. Not necessarily even farmers. I'm talking mm. about people with great big gardens, loads of money, and groundskeepers. Yeah. Right, they're the other ones you've got. Yeah. Um, it's a, it is quite easy to grow stuff in your own backyard, though. To be but fair. it takes a lot of time and it takes a mm. lot of effort. And that time and effort is valuable. And therefore, it's a waste of your time and effort versus going and getting the weird ship and lorry vegetables, you know? Yeah. So, people, yeah, we've made this trade-off. And there's, there's loads of people now who don't ever have to do farming. Mm. And they, they just get other people to do farming for them but they're really far away. It's quite... That's what it was. So, Everyone yeah. was farmers, weren't they? Or like there were, mo- yeah. that was like Everyone one of the biggest, occu- yeah, that was one of the biggest occupations with like, along with shoemaker or whatever. <laughs> and then yeah. it started diversifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's only shoes, only shoes and farmers. Or a cobbler. <laughs> yeah, cobbler. Or a priest, <laughs> no, But I mean, it. you know, people like, like they go to the extremes of cave, cave people, you know, living in, in, the ice age and all this other stuff they all just went out and picked berries off bushes and killed animals yeah and made shoes and and were professional cobblers Mm -hmm. Um, so but it's not that extreme is it if you think about like the middle ages nobody had trucks they all just had horses and you might yeah you might pull all Mm -hmm. your potatoes around on a horse and cart and then sell them to your mates in the next village. But they're not going to different countries to get their food, are they? And they are builded absolutely fine. Mm. So it's it's a lot better now, though. Do you not reckon? Well, we get a lot bigger variety. Of yeah, exactly. Food. To <laughs> everything in every everything in a supermarket always seems to on be the from face another country. Though. Yeah, yeah. On the face of it, it's better as a consumer. It's a better experience, for sure. But it's gone it's gone completely the way of the consumer experience and not the way of just what is easiest for everybody. Anyway, my point is that loads, and also we can't afford farmers a lot of the time. You know, when we buy coffee, we buy it from certain countries, not just because it's the right conditions to grow the coffee, but also because the labor is incredibly cheap and we can take advantage of people and therefore pay less for our coffee. Which I mean, yeah. it's tantamount to slavery, or it's not quite as bad as slavery because we pay them some money and we don't own them necessarily. But the point is that there, there's a way to do this, right? And we've already started doing it, and that's to automate everything. This is why I like drones. This is why... <laughs> could you 3D print a vegetable? So no one has no. a job. <laughs> No, but you could 3D print equipment which helps you to look after your vegetable garden. Oh. Without uh, without having to to use as many people or your own time and effort, you can automate your vegetable garden. That is a really interesting prospect. There's there's loads of people out there doing it already. There's great big open source projects. Um, I really really want to get into it. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of sort of what you can apply your time to. 
So the idea that everybody could have a vegetable patch that looked after itself and you got all your own vegetables and got more than you ever needed all the time, that's pretty compelling, isn't it? No lorries and ships required. Would, would you be willing to sacrifice the avocados if you knew it all came from your garden? I wouldn't want it all to come from my garden, but I like the idea of stuff being grown locally that can be grown locally, but I'm not sure I'd want it, <laughs> the responsibility myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's a, re- here's a really interesting thing on that level. Even if you don't want, if you, if you don't have a garden, if you don't have any interest in having an automated vegetable garden or anything like that, there are plenty of people that do it as a business, right? So the two big, some of the biggest food producers in Europe, in the south of Spain, and ironically in the Netherlands and Belgium, they all do greenhouse farming, right? So it's all completely controlled, and a lot of it is automated, and they're automating it more and more. And what you wind up doing is have having like one skilled robot operator who monitors all the systems and makes sure that all the all the little robots are doing their jobs, all the computers basically, and mm. instead of like i don't know 20 farmers or or greenhouse laborers so it's already happening the the point is that you're still paying somebody else loads of money and they're you know there's still some rich ceo at the top earning loads of money out of it and really like you could just do it yourself and then no one no one makes profit and you get it way cheaper are you growing your own vegetables (laughs) Uh, we got we have a herb garden at the minute and some aloe veras on the go. Oh, aloe vera is great. Mm, hard hard to grow without a greenhouse and extra lighting. Really? Oh, it's good. I've always found it grows so much. Like, yeah, but it's they, the speed they have of growth. Baby, and they have babies. All oh the yeah, time I've got. Well. Don't get me wrong. I've got like twenty of them. It's good for your uh, skin, though. The aloe vera. That's what I like. Make shampoo and soap and all sorts of stuff yeah. after sun. Um. So yeah, mm. that's fun. But like. It's it just grows really slowly. Like, if you wanted to make a living out of growing aloe vera, you need a great big greenhouse with you know, it's basically just like a weed farm, but you put aloe vera in instead of weed. Yeah, people. Buy it's it the same thing. Yeah, someone. Why do you think in the thing. Netherlands have got some of the world's biggest and most productive greenhouses? Because they they're using the, flowers, the same right? gear for their funny, for you the, know, for the wacky stuff. backy as they are. Mm. The tomatoes and everything else it's all the same tech so you say if we did grow weed here legally then we would have a better hydroponic system set up to do the rest uh, well, you'd have educated yourself in the hydroponic systems if if you grew weed yeah i don't see any necessity to grow weed well someone needs to grow it otherwise <laughs> i won't have any to smoke <laughs> well it's um yeah, I, just, I mean, I'm talking about me personally. I've got no interest in, um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The point is that in in over in Amsterdam, they make an absolute butt ton of money out of selling the greenery to all the tourists. And you know, I mean, I suppose local business probably has something to do with it as well. But it's probably just it's probably mostly the tourists, right? Um, yeah. And they've just got the same gear. So they already know how to use it and set it up and whatever else. And you just grow different stuff with it. I bet you there's some fruits and vegetables, really rare ones. I bet you there's some really valuable things to grow. Um, 
really like like right. we like the blindingly obvious one isn't it because it's costs more than bloody gold what's that by thing it's like a herb that's red is it called saffron yeah yeah uh, saffron make yeah it is red but i it heard makes things that yellow, that's right? worth more than its weight in gold someone told yep. me once very very valuable could 3d print saffron no no nothing no cannot no. melt plastic string and make saffron <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, uh, is there any is there any push to like diversify what uh, what can be printed in regards to like food? Would can you see that happening in the future where sort of food matter can be printed out of one? It's, so there's people now, right? And it, this is it depends really on how you define this whole printing word that we're kind of throwing around. I guess sausages are yeah, 3D printed, print aren't they? Technically, <laughs> technically, no. <laughs> and, no, but instead of no plastic, they're fucking not Liam. instead of plastic it's pork and they it's not printed it's, it's not printed no it's more like sausage. Sausage. the sausage before hole that, and the skin that, that goes around it it doesn't move can't make custom sausage shapes <laughs> in layers of layers of sausage I, sausage sausage meat would be a really easy thing to 3d print they already um, do. That's it counts. Doesn't, I think so. it doesn't think... count. It doesn't count. <laughs> but there's another one. There's some people who said we've got a burrito printer, and all it is is like you know, like Wallace and Gromit style, yeah. like slaps a fajita down yeah. and then just goes and squirts. What about a some, like Whippy, beans a on Mr. it? Squirts some Mr. rice. That's not a fucking printer either, is it? However, what about Mr. Whippy, Mr. Whippy. Ice cream. If you could, if print, you could that's make, right? Listen, if if you could, without actually doing it yourself, I don't want you doing any of this and being the printer. Yeah. You, if you could squirt Mister Whippy and make a castle, that would be a Mister Whippy printer. <laughs> it has to be a castle because they not make, say, a snowman shape out yes, of it. Yes, they could also make a snowman shape. That's because that would be easy. I could do that, and then I'll be three D. I don't think it is any easier. I think. It's the same process between the snowman and the castle or any other complex shape. The whole point is that you've got a squirty nozzle moving yeah. around. So if you're moving around in a circle and getting bigger <laughs> and doing snowman belly and snowman head, great. If you do a castle, it's just a square instead of a circle, pretty much, isn't it? You're just doing layers. You're and layers basically and layers. just a glorified ice cream man. It's, that's I am. Really, Except isn't for it? the ice cream is plastic. Yeah. And I don't actually, I don't actually touch. The ice cream. You don't. Uh, I just watch yeah. it get squirted out by robots. Anyway, <laughs> the point is the robots are doing it for me, right? I could sit yeah. there with like a really weird icing gun, or have you you've seen these three D printing pens you can get? It's exactly yeah. the difference between squirting plastic out of a pen or squirting yeah. ice cream into a cone and three D printing stuff. <laughs> is that the robots are doing it for me, and I, I just think <laughs> robots robots are the way. If if all of us had a house robot, you know, you've seen iRobot doing the washing up, <laughs> or you and all that other stuff, and then it'll, I mean, it all goes to shit normally, doesn't it? But <laughs> I like buy robots come man. for you. Yeah, 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 all of it. But mm. the point is that, like, if you look at the biggest, grandest accomplishments and the biggest the greatest buildings ever produced by humans, they're all done by super cheap labour, aren't they? Inevitably made by slaves. 
Are you mean like pyramids yeah, and uh, stuff? Or the like government buildings? The, well, I mean, we just don't know. Unless you want to go back two or three thousand years and ask them, but we can't. So well, no, it's well seen. documented. They figured out it was done by. Hard, what about cathedrals? What about something we do know? Cathedrals that, that, are done, well, are done by them? super cheap labour yeah. for the aristocracy, or you know, the powers that be in whatever form they take. Yeah. Church being the power, right? What place would uh, yeah, yeah the the religious idea of the people involved do it? Because if you're like. If you're working cheap, but you also believe in God and you think God would be really happy with this church, what, do you think that would be an incentive? There's a perception of value mm. in the work you're doing, then, isn't beyond money. Like yeah. you think that God will be pleased with you. So, I mean, they've just sold you hook, line, and sinker there, haven't they? If you, if you work for us for cheap, like, it's like a slave, except God will love you. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe, you're, maybe you're we should all try that. Maybe God. we should all try that. Try and build a load of greenhouses and tell them God will love them if they do. They um, should build more cathedrals. That's, yeah, that's why. Like, yes, but the, no one builds them anymore. I think that's why there's the, a, the buildings are. There's aren't two reasons anymore. for that. One mm. is we've already got enough cathedrals. I think per, that's yeah. a personal view again. Um, the second one <laughs> is that we have all our labour's really expensive. You go and ask a, a bricklayer now to make a cathedral, it'd be like cost you billions Dog mate, on, mate. It would cost a lot. <laughs> yeah. i have put advice on that mate i'll give you a day rate i'll give you a day rate um but he's <laughs> <laughs> the um the point is that the builders aren't cheap enough and we could import like slavish builders so what the saudi arabians do don't they import labor um they get low they get loads of people in from different countries who are cheaper don't have the we same get- workers rights uh, but, but again, they're building great big, you know, skyscrapers and stuff like that. They're doing they're doing quite well by it. But the point is, I don't want to hurt people in this process, and therefore, robots robots are a much better idea to do basic. Do you reckon tasks. one day robots will be built, able to build houses? So like they already can. Shit, do you reckon there's a risk of uh, robots putting other builders out of business one day, like human builders? No. I mean, <laughs> no. yeah, this is, yes, I mean, yes, there is, Liam, but cheaper than I'll go for the robot, you know? Yeah, it um... could also do it better. It also works 24 hours a day, doesn't sleep, doesn't eat, just uses electricity that you can get from wherever you like. We're pretty, getting pretty good at finding good places to get electricity from, like sustainable places and stuff like that. So, yeah, doesn't, like, doesn't phone in sick, doesn't phone in sick, doesn't unionize. I mean, there's yeah. all these things we go on about. Um, you know, like robots are going to take over the world. That's mm. they probably would unionize before they ever got to that. But the, po- <laughs> the point is that when you make a robot, you you give it, you bestow intelligence upon it. it. Depends how many computers you put in it and how complex you make the programming for it. You can and dumb robots are relatively easy to make. They can't think for themselves, but they can follow instructions. So you you know, mm. I don't know. You tell it, this is the shape themselves. of a house I would like, and it would go, "Okay, I make house." Yeah, yeah, and does it? But it doesn't go. Oh, I'm having an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. no! What is the meaning of yeah, life? <laughs> yeah, every time they don't I get do a, that, they just go. Every yes, time I get yes, a around, he has like a cri- an existential crisis. <laughs> he sees Mika's room. 
when he yeah. says, yeah, <laughs> when he has to fix your toilet. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is life? What am I doing with my life? 3D printing is basically automating a, a process instead of making it yourself, right? Mm. Like we could make clay things with our hands, but we print them instead because it's better, right? Yeah. And we don't need slaves. I don't need slaves making clay pots. You would seem pretty keen on slaves before. No. That, yeah, yeah, okay. Right, right. Do you want to clear Here's... that up? Not, uh... I, need, I need to clear In up the fact that, that because we had loads of cheap labour, and we still do, the clothes you're wearing are made by in sweatshops, inevitably, right? This is a very expensive coat. Probably made by slaves. Yeah. Define slave because um, even though they're cheap, like how how much do they get paid yeah. compared to like the local exchange they're, rate? Yeah, I know. know. They're relatively speaking, they are slaves. They are. You're talking like a couple of quid a month for a kid to work in a factory. And all yeah, this kind of obviously stuff. child child labour is awful as well. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just confused about. But the, it's not the like we can pay the them money. all ten quid an hour, though, is it? No, but that that completely defeats the object of moving abroad. I, I don't know if it's a good thing to move abroad or not, but that's why there's there is. I mean, stuff it clearly there. is because we've all got really nice clothes that we don't have to pay a lot of money for. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's um, good or bad. I was just saying that's. And why in the same way, a cathedral selected. or you know a great big tower in Dubai or any of those things, those things are great. You know, people go and visit them just to look at them. <laughs> They're so great, but they were made by abusing people. Um, yeah, probably, so, I'd guess so. <laughs> so we should knock them down. You know, like how they pull no, the statues down. No, we should just stop abusing people. Pull down right? the cathedrals. There's ways to do this which don't involve abusing people. That's all I'm saying. Is that the robots. more robots we make, the yes. more dumb robots that aren't going to take over the world because they require direct instructions. Um, the the more nice stuff we'll be able to make. Okay, so I want to ask you like a, a contradictory question, not really contradictory, it's just two opposing questions, which is what excites you most about technology in the future and what scares you most about the future of technology? What excites me most is the fact that technology gives everybody power, right? This, it's, people say that technology is self-democratizing, right? And that, yeah, yeah. that simply means that, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, if you wanted something made out of plastic, I know this is going back to the same 3D printing thing, if you wanted something made out of plastic, you'd have to go to the plastic factory guys and say, pretty please, you know, can I sign a, a big check and get you to make me a, a piece of plastic? Or, yes, but you've got to buy a thousand. Okay. Now, I can sit in my shed and make loads of plastic stuff. You know, that's... I've got the power now. All I've had to do is spend... 350 quid on a printer and learn some design software and now I can make anything I want out of plastic. Those plastic shops are never getting my business ever again because of printers. No, I don't like I don't envy the plastic shops. <laughs> like I, I don't I'm not angry at them. They did a great job until something better came along. But you know, we've all got we've all got mobile phones, we've all got emails now. Do you remember when it was just the super rich businessmen going around with their giant bricks? You know, 
and the technology but, yeah. has developed and self-democratized to the point where people in the third world in the third world now have internet browsers on their phones and they all have phones i mean that's baffling enough as it is but they've all got the internet on their phones they don't even have broadband like, like, in, so like even in the, the ground like, the mass the mass I tr- tribes are still playing like candy crush and stuff <laughs> yeah probably yeah i mean maybe but i think so i'd like think. to think they were just like emailing each other or you know using whatsapp or something a lot or, of them email me signal. asking for money actually I get a lot big of shout out to signal Africa. um that is entirely your choice as to whether you think they're a worthy cause did you see that video about the guy who um, someone was emailing him trying to scam him so yeah. he emailed back and basically it was like like led him up the garden path a bit and blah 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 but wound up saying I'm going to post you a camera and, camera, I'd, like you, yeah. and I'd like you to send me the photos that you take with your camera and he did yeah. and he was like and then it just turned into this real deal like yeah, you know, life's beautiful. not great here and it's a developing country and all this stuff and they raised loads of money and did loads of good stuff. The guy sent loads of like weird backpacks to the kids and yeah. sent them loads of useful stuff. But this guy, these people are desperate. If they're emailing you, sure. telling you that you've won the Nigerian lottery, yeah, you know, or whatever other common scam there is, it's only because they need money really badly and they're trying anything they can to get some money. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. who's like doing it, the, doesn't it? Cause... The greedy ones. Because it could be someone money. in Wales just saying they're from Nigeria. <laughs> I'm the king of, the king of Wales. I'm the king of Wales. But the guy, the point is, this guy said, right, I'm going to post you a camera. That's got to be the, the best way to prove it out, hasn't it? Yeah, so it was a beautiful of, like, piece of uh, really good journalism, that man. Yeah, that was really nice. Mm. Um. But yeah, the the point is that everybody on this planet has the same needs, and we all we all want the same things. The all the only thing that changes is how many of the things we've got, and how mm. much more advanced our needs are getting because of what we've already got. You know, yeah, we all want the same basic things. If, yeah, you? if you're there fighting over food because there's food is scarce, or mm. you're fighting over water because water is scarce, then mm. you're never ever going to get way above into the aspirations of i don't know owning a second home so you can rent it out and have a you know a secondary source of income that's that's a that's a very you've got to be so far up the development chain to be yeah. at that point you know it's so anyway i think everybody deserves the chance and that's why technology is really nice that's the that's the thing i like the most about technology and it excites me about the future is that people are getting more and more power to communicate, to make things, mm-hmm. to supply themselves with food and water, and with, so to supply yourself with knowledge as well. You know, like it's open. That's that's communication. Like it, it, it's, yeah, but that's one of the best things about the internet. You know, yeah. like you, you, everyone, it's liberating. You know, to yeah, it's yeah, much easier to write essays or learn things before do, you'd have to go to. Do a you guys line. remember? Do you guys remember, like, when you were a kid, did your parents ever have the encyclopedia thing on CDs? Yeah, oh, it was so good, man. Um, And it was basically Wikipedia, right? It was basically Wikipedia, but someone had made it it on CDs. It had a game in it as well, a really cool game where you walk around the library. I remember, it was... What was the name of that thing? 
that thing. Everyone had it. There's I something. I remember a big Encyclopedia Britannica or something. Yeah, that, I think that's it. Oh, yeah. maybe. Um, mm. But anyway, the, the point yeah. is that it was only a few people, and because my dad used to work in IT, right? And that's why we had a computer in the house. And it was so he could do his work. But as, as a little side effect of that, he brought home a load of CDs once and suddenly we had home-based education available to us. And that, yes, that was some of the first. And now, not only is there way more information available from the whole of the internet, I mean, big shout out to Wikipedia for being the source of information on everything. Yeah, yeah. Right? But it's like it's freely available to everybody mm. so all these and different developing not, nations not... with their little phones with the internet on them yeah. it's genius everybody like yeah fine the next the next problem is to get people motivated to to motivate themselves to learn and do all those things yeah. but like i said before it's they've got other priorities if they're not learning stuff on their phones for free or for the cost of mobile data whatever that is like it's because they're doing something else that's fundamentally more important, which has probably got something to do with food, water, electricity, or their own security. Right? Those, those are the things. There was a, some weird thing we learned in business studies at school was Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And it basically mm. says that you need these fundamental things. And only once you've got these fundamental things can you ascend onto the next layer of this hierarchy and start looking at the, the more advanced things and once you've got the more advanced things you start looking up to the others and then the top of the pyramid is just that but without any specific like application to it so if i i'm 17 years old and i want to learn to drive so that i can have a car then i go and achieve my driving license the next and it goes back around to aspiration again now i've got my driving license i want a car so i go, go and earn some money and buy a car and buy the insurance and then you've achieved it and now yeah. Now I've now I've got a car. What's my next aspiration? I'm going to drive all around the country and drive really far, and then <laughs> I'm going to break the speed. Limit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to break really the world far, speed really record far. in my one liter. Um, okay, so what, what worries you every, most? So what worries me is that right now, not everything is self-democratizing. It's the opposite. People. The people who, with the control over the food, and I'm going to call them the shareholders of Tesco, right? <laughs> Listen, let's, let's go on, let's put some brands in this. Very cryptic name. <laughs> yeah. I cannot imagine who you're talking about. <laughs> the point is that the, chair, the shareholders of Tesco change all the time. Um people buy and yeah. sell tesco shares all the time right mm. and so there's just anonymous people but it's a layer of of people if you like that all have shares in these weird things they all have money to throw around like i was talking about people aspiring to have a second home to rent out and get a bit of income mm. from it's this is like 10 levels up you know the tesco mm. shareholders have got no fucking interest in how far the food has traveled or mm. the quality of the food, or how many pesticides are applied to it. Um, when it comes to their own food, they almost certainly don't buy it in Tesco's. These these people with, I reckon, I reckon everyone. I mean, maybe they do, Tesco. but they go for the organic gear, don't they? They don't give their kids the 
Tesco no, basic go, stuff. Actually, they just go so to they can buy more shares. Fair, they go to Waitrose and Marks and Spencer. Yeah, exactly. I wonder um, where the shareholders of Marks and Spencers and Waitrose go to. Probably like Harrods or something. Okay, so so what does the money? shareholders Acard, have to do with Acardo, the production of the food? Marks and Spencers and Waitrose, a sweet standard food, and there's nothing wrong with it, mm. right? For your day to day. Fine. If you're having a party, you might want things with Harrods written on them to impress your friends, but who cares? Mm. So anyway, the point is the point is that people are being taken advantage of on food because somebody's got all the food by the reins and they're called Tesco or any supermarket. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get a letter through the post oh, and a cease and desist. Never mention Tesco again. Um but listen, the the point is that they don't care about anything except for the return on investment. Uh, is Tesco's share price going to go up and down? And are they going to provide dividends to their shareholders so I can actually make some profit out of holding on to Tesco shares? That's what shareholders think about. And that's it's just that's just crap. Like what what kind of you know, you've just thrown the fundamental purpose of Tesco out the window, which is to feed people. And you said, no, 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 I want to watch its share value go up and down and I want dividends. But I'm not and sure, so I'm not sure where, food at that point. Where, where your thinking is on that, like, in regards to how is the shareholders wanting to wanting their stocks to go up affecting the, the food production. But you can't, you can't force social responsibility on shareholders because they've got they've got no obligation to it and there's no consequence either and you can't re- i can't really think up a consequence you can't like you can't regulate the shareholders of tesco so that they have to think about all the customers and how much you know they're all I getting... very i very much doubt that it's the shareholders making decisions about what, what fucking yeah. eggs and no, bread they but sell. The, but listen, so I'm when sure you've there got, is someone... Okay, no, no, listen, you've got a board of directors, okay, who are yeah. incentivized by the shareholders and pressure from the shareholders to make money. Yeah. Basically, right, all of this, ignore corporate structures and ignore all of it. The world is run by people and people like to influence each other, right? They like yeah. to grab each other by the proverbials and say, yeah. I want this and I've got power over you and you're going to fucking deliver it. Or else, mm. or I'll fire you. I'll have you fired, you stupid CEO, not making enough money, thinking about the customers too much because I'm a greedy bastard. Mm. Right? No, the shareholder would sh- sell their stock, sell their stock if they weren't happy with what Tesco's exactly. was doing. So exactly, but... if you don't do as I say, I will sell all of my stock, send the stock price plummeting, and make your figures look really bad, so that eighty percent of your salary goes away. They've really got CEOs and board members and all this by the balls. <laughs> Honestly, if you like, money is power, and blah blah blah. The point is that you need to. T- that's that's the wrong way to buy and sell food, isn't it? With with all this weird influence of greedy people well, who how, don't give a shit about food. How, how else would you do it? And also, I just want to how stick would... up for Tesco's here because I shop in Tesco's every day. <laughs> they do that's great good, job. and they sell food. They do sell food, Liam. That's good. Jerry, this week's episode is fucking sponsored by Tesco's, man. Like, <laughs> you wish it was. <laughs> I've, I wish it was. I might have got paid. Um, 
<laughs> we're going to get sued so, by Tesco. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get. But honestly, we're going to get letters in the post. Um, <laughs> remove the, the stuff. Please, please go and tell your 100 listeners that Tesco's great. Otherwise, we'll see. But you're just using Tesco as an example. You're not going directly after Tesco. No, no, no I'm um, absolutely not pointing at Tesco's directly. Um, and actually, there's there's varying degrees of of sort of terribleness as well because you've got people like the co-op where the customers can buy in and become co-op members and buy shares and you know when the customer is the shareholder mm. they do they do have a far more balanced set of um yeah ob- obligations and morals right and co-op have a better sweet selection than tesco <laughs> all right consumer boy um <laughs> the the po- those but, really but well-traveled saying, sweets saying you that get made a, by slaves. You're saying have a responsibility <laughs> to the customer, but the cust- you're saying it as if what the Tesco's would be the only place the customer could shop. Like they, customers can go to anywhere. Well, oh, no, customers cannot afford to go anywhere. What do you mean? They can't afford any, to go anywhere. Is a very, very broad term. Tesco's the, and Tesco customers cannot afford to go to Harrods every single day, Harrods, every single week for their food. Sainsbury's is a pretty expensive and waste of money place. <laughs> I love, I love a bit of Aldi and Lidl because it's no holds barred, cheap stuff. Okay, you prefer right. the cheaper stuff. Yeah, or, so that's or... fine. And actually, Aldi and Lidl have less shareholders to impress, and they have they like they make less profit. 3D printed sweets. <laughs> they do exist. I've, I found one the other day. A company started doing 3D printed custom vitamin sweets. Fit like so, like multivitamins and stuff like that. But they'll put them together to match your needs and all this kind of thing. And they actually print them out with a little nozzle. Oh, that's cool. Okay, Pop Joe, but you didn't actually answer my question, which was, uh, what scares you about technology? <laughs> What scares me about technology? About the future of technology. What scares me about the future of technology is people. It's not the technology. The technology is just going to get better and better and more powerful and more powerful. It's like guns, right? Hmm. Guns are getting uh, better and better. I actually wanted to talk about 3D printed guns, but you you go ahead. Yeah, I'm fine. Let's let's talk about it, right? The technology has got better, right? Guns have got more accessible. And... Is that a good thing? Is that not a good thing? I don't, I just I hate guns, apart from as a tool, like I don't like in a very limited context. Like if you genuinely, games. if you went out shooting rabbits every weekend and ate rabbits every weekend, I would have no issue with you having a gun, right? <laughs> but nobody eats rabbits every weekend. You all go to Tesco, right? And Tesco don't sell rabbits. They don't. There's they a good can't... reason for that. They taste the gross. No, they don't. Rabbit's quite nice. I, I, yeah, there's Boy Scouts, man. That guy Peter used to skin oh, rabbits. Never yeah, we spoke about that before. Yeah. <laughs> What's so, the, I mean, that's... so you're, you're but I bet you Pete. The... I bet you Pete ate his rabbits. Well, we and all ate the rabbits. He, scouts, made, didn't we? he forced us to eat them. Yeah, it made you eat them as well. But I the didn't point is, forced, he didn't so do it as sport. I thought it could taste quite good. <laughs> yeah, rabbits fine. The point is. But if you go and kill the rabbit and throw it away and don't eat it, that's a waste of time. You go going around committing some <laughs> yeah, that's just being a cunt. spiteful act. That's a, yeah, like I don't know. That's like it's, catching a fish and just throwing it in the bin. Then again, rabbit rabbit populations need controlling. So <laughs> really, 
Yeah, so you, you might as well have a bit of fun while you do it. I mean, that's They're like breaking into to random. If you are <laughs> culling rabbits or eating rabbits, then you've got an excuse. Is the point? Mm. If you're mm. if you're an American running running around the Wild West, the only reason you need another gun is because everybody else has fucking guns. So that was right. going to be I... my point about the 3D printing technology. We're on the verge of like there's there's things in America like Defense Dis- Distributed, who are a company that print parts of guns, and then there's a community. So what they're doing, they're printing the only piece of a gun that you need to register with the government. There's right. that, and then there's Control Pew, who <laughs> is that how it's pronounced? Control Pew. Control Pew. But yeah, they they're, they're like a community who, pew, 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 who pew, sort pew. of uh, share the sort of 3D printing information online of how to print a gun. Uh, so in that situation, uh, what was going to be my question? Oh, yeah, you were talking about freedom of inf- information earlier. Should should governments limit the information on how to print a gun? Yes, no one should have guns, apart- unless they want to go and kill rabbits and eat them. What about for self-defense? No, 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 no. They should take all the guns away and then make people use yeah. their fists. Okay, for okay. Yeah. We're, we're talking, fact, make people we're talking use about their fists if, for offence. If, but if the gun, you'd have to make having the gun more of an offence than killing someone. Because if the person has the 3D printer and they want to kill enough. someone with the gun, then they're going to have the gun anyway. Okay, okay. Do you know what I mean? we need to get something straight on the technology front first. Mm. 3D printing plastic guns is a terrible idea and they might well blow up in your hand. Okay? <laughs> As opposed to killing somebody else, you might blow your own hand off. And that's, so that's mm. a terrible idea for a start. Um, mm. the, the point is that if you wanted to make a... So defence distributors aren't just using 3D printers to make guns, right? They're using little home machining centres to make the lower receivers. And the lower receiver is made of metal and is machined out and you you share those files but america really is the place in the world where it's up to you whether you're a moral human being and use your ar-15 with a secret lower receiver to defend your home only you know if the crazy mobs turn up and Mm. or burglars with who also have great big guns by the way because it's america you need a gun to protect yourself Mm. because it's too late everybody's got fucking guns right <laughs> so in that context yes i think everyone in america should have those files there's everyone's got guns anyway you can go a five-year-old can go and buy every single part of a gun apart from a lower receiver five-year-old i don't think yeah, that's you true. don't anybody <laughs> you can go get a prepaid debit card in america like those funny visa cards you know and yet um, you can't drink it until you're 21 but five-year-old can yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, are you sure but, if i, I are you talking about parts that can be used for other things that then can be turned into a gun? Nope. I'm talking no. about gun barrels from gun shops. But not a five-year-old, surely, because you have to get... I, listen, like... I say five-year-old. What I mean is somebody without ever proving their identity or age. So a five-year-old with a beard. So a five-year-old is probably not... A five... <laughs> no, on the internet. You go on a gun shop website and you buy gun parts, right? I could, not an, I could go to store. America, right? And if I... If I was in the correct state and went and got myself a prepaid card, I could get every part except for that that registrable lower receiver and I can make yeah. most of a gun. Right? Mm. So that's So you you wouldn't be allowed to buy everything because you're not an American citizen. But they don't know that. They don't ever ask for the proof. For well, parts. I know for a fact yeah. that when you like 
I'm pretty sure most states you need a background check to actually purchase guns. Is that not the same when That's you're buying parts of guns? That's an entire gun. Okay, I'm, so no, it is no, 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 pieces no. of guns. I'm not sure state um, by state what the laws are. So they, they do diverse, but yeah. If you're if you're smart enough and you have the tools, you don't need anything, do you? Hmm. I like. Did you ever see those potato cannon videos? Potato cannon. Um, <laughs> people on like YouTube would were like a spud gun. Yeah, making spud guns, but they use like um, barbecue lighters and deodorant in them. And <laughs> they're yeah, they're pretty they're pretty powerful. Anyway, I made a load of those. I've made technically Hang firearms. On. Jerry, this is going to be broadcast. Oh, no, I don't care about that. It's probably below any kind of legal threshold um, because of the power of <laughs> technically it. Technically, right? they're only fucking potato cannons. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, uh, so we, we used one of them for a real purpose. We shot rabbits and ate them at the weekend. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> shot joking. a rabbit with a potato. We, we used them. We actually used them uh, to fire... Um, powder paint mm. um, and use them as like a special effects thing for a oh, music, your video, music video yeah that's exactly. such a good video oh, yes. right. so that yes. was that was the reason I built my first potato cannon and it was only after that that I thought wouldn't this make a great sawn off shotgun type mm. weapon and then made a little one um, just to prove the point and then we shot Luke's uncle with it and, but and like, like I said it's got to be below some kind of <laughs> yeah, not because of my potato cannon, thankfully. Well. Um, bless his soul, Uncle Nobby, act- actively wanted to be shot with the potato cannon. But the point is that it can't be classified as a proper illegal weapon because I managed to shoot a bloke with it and it didn't even hurt him. Is that is that where they draw the line? <laughs> if you don't get hurt, does it hurt? I think in, I think it, they they actually measure it in joules. I think it's anything above one joule. What's so it? like it's the difference between an airsoft or uh, an air rifle and an actual gun. Mm. Like if you made a super powerful air rifle, it'd be just as powerful as a gun. So my friend don't. got hit in the head with an air rifle, and it gave him a bit of like. Uh, we gave him a severe concussion and swelling on the brain and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, mm. I imagine it was shock trauma but air mm. rifles are legal in the uk anything closer yeah, they yeah. Should probably be part of a club and all that sort of stuff or or declare it in some way maybe or so are at shotguns least... sorry so are shotguns you can actually get yeah a yeah totally license. but you have to be part of a shooting club is it part of like i wouldn't be allowed to get one probably. all those shooting clubs go and shoot pheasants at the weekend and pretend that they eat them mm. <laughs> That guy shot a bunch of people in Cumbria with a shotgun, didn't he? Like, yeah. But so they are, they... it was only a shotgun and not a semi-automatic rifle with a fucking scope on it, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it would have got hundreds of people. <laughs> exactly. So have you seen AR-15s? Have you seen on, one on the television? This is yeah. this is the most owned gun in America. It's about basically the best thing you can buy legally. Mm. Like they still get a bit funny about fully automatic weapons. Bit in fa- yeah, you can't buy automatic fully automatic. Not, not in all. I think in a couple of states you might even be able to. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe I'm pretty sure there's a. But, but here's a another thing: brand. you can buy those in the UK as well. You have to have a very difficult to get license from the government, but yeah. you can. You can have. Really? Yeah, there are ways, but you basically what have reason? to prove that you're not going to go on some crazy rampage with them and that you've got a legitimate purpose for them. For example, firearms research. If you wanted to develop firearms, you've got yeah. to have the firearms to develop, haven't you? <laughs> so it's all these big defence contractors who make machine guns for a living. You know, They've got to have yeah. machine guns, and they've all got licences yeah. which allow them to own them. 
So, yeah, I guess the same is true with like lots of illegal things like drugs. They must be like scientists. Yeah, they have drug have testing centres. Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. so, like, yeah. that Professor Nut bloke? I don't know. He had loads of access to drugs. He was the one that said... He um, likes... He seems to like... He's the one that says alcohol's more dangerous than any other drug, pretty much. And And now, apart from heroin, he said, it's more dangerous than any other drug apart from heroin. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd argue that cocaine and crack are probably quite dangerous as well. Heroin kills more, I think. Yeah, yeah, fine. I think psychological Mm. damage from, um, you know, cocaine-based stuff is pretty pretty yeah, high yeah. on the list of damaging things from drugs oh for sure yeah um but then again any 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 drug is potentially Anything, psychologically every, damaging. everything in moderation um i just think yeah well who who cares about moderation like <laughs> this is this is <laughs> i think this is the resounding point when it comes to all that stuff when it comes to drugs when it comes to guns when it comes to all these mad things that are like if we just have a little bit of them it'll be okay like, yeah, that's it's just so a lie, right, isn't it? it? That's what they said. They said America, everybody has the right to bear arms, and everybody should have like, you know, a gun if they want one. And now what we've got is AR-15s everywhere, and an entire armed population who could go to just outright and, go into a civil the, war, and they'd all and, be and armed countless, already. Count, countless senseless massacres of. Of yeah, fucking children, and, and they a- just let it happen because people they need the right because you know, they the love AR-15 their right. AR-15 has actually got very similar specs to like your regular hunting gun in America. It's just it it's looks, semi, it's it semi-automatic, and yeah, you can put a scope all, on the top all, of it. All guns, pretty much, are semi-automatic. It's just the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, burst fire or fully automatic or whatever. Like, but, that, well, I mean, that in, regards anyway. to, in regards to most of the ones you buy, unless it's like a really old one, it is going to be semi-automatic. It's just. Yeah. 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 And in the sense that a pistol is, you pull the so, trigger lots of times and it puts out lots of bullets. Yes. But if our if our bloke in England had an AR-15 instead of a shotgun, it'd have been more accurate. It'd have fired at longer range, and he would have had lots more rounds in his magazine, and had multiple magazines and shorter reload times between magazines. Okay, but so, people get murdered with like vans and stuff in terrorist attacks. Like, what? Um, okay. Do you think he would have? You can't if he make didn't... vans illegal, can you? No, no, no. Uh, I'm not. But even there's a legitimate use for vans, which is driving yeah. stuff round. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I know. But I'm so, saying, I'm saying people just, can actually. There's no use for an AR-15. It's a false comparison, man. Yeah, rubbish comparison. Yeah, no, rubbish comparison. Sorry, we Ross. Always, we did get Next. we did get on this a bit long on one of the other <laughs> podcasts, so maybe we should. Not talk about it, but <laughs> okay, okay. But let's let's answer your question then. It's simple, right? Should in America, mm. should people have access to make their own weapons? Yes, because they can buy them anyway. Okay. Should would I ever recommend that it was made open data in the UK where most people don't have weapons? No, and that's because I agree that people shouldn't have weapons. It's just too late with America. Oh, but um, yeah, our culture is completely different. Can you, can you to picture that, yourself a situation where you would actually need a gun? Can I think of a situation? Yeah, like uh, Call of if Duty. You, if you're in, well, like, if I got really if hungry, you had, like, and I needed a rabbit. Safety concerns. <laughs> Say there you are... pissed the wrong guy off. Would you print? <laughs> So if I pissed the wrong guy off, I would call the police and ask I for. <laughs> I would ask for witness protection, and if it was a genuine threat, mm. <laughs> that hammer was very, very handy. Yeah, Liam. this is all I I've need. Got, I've got to say, I've got a hammer just here as well. 
I'll take you out. Hammers at dawn. We'll have a duel. A hammer fight. You kicked my ass when we had a wrestling match last time. So. <laughs> when was this? In Luke's garden. We'll In Luke's garden. We all got wrecked and wrestled. It was lovely. It was pretty good, actually. I'd, I'd, it, it was a great I, outlet. Um, yeah, it was. After all that lockdown, because yeah. you were allowed to six people to meet, and just we were desperate for physical contact, so we were like, <laughs> let's have a what's, let's, what's better than wrestling let's, let's beat each other up <laughs> but but here's the beauty of, and actually this this goes into the same thing as like why rugby's good because you can go and beat each other up on a pitch to all intents and purposes and at the end of yeah. it you all shake hands and go that was bloody brilliant exactly. you know wrestling it's, it's a good contact outlet. sports yeah contact sports are great and there's something that can't really happen in lockdown and it's something that going back to talking about the culture of America, like they don't really have contact sports like we do. I mean, they got American, American football, but football. they have to wear helmets. And, no, they wear all sorts. They're not even they're not even touching yeah, each other. They're properly. terrified. So, like, they don't have that <laughs> that outlet. So maybe that's why they have all these mass shootings and stuff. People, not the guns. It's the lack of contact sports, Liam. I think you I lack think of contact sports. You've got it. Do you know mass shootings actually makes America, up a very so, small amount we, of the actual gun deaths, though? Sorry, I'm saying mass shootings are like uh, actually make up a very small amount of the gun deaths. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, mo- like, it's, it's overwhelmingly domestic gang violence, muggings. No, it's overwhelmingly good, good. gang violence is the main one. Yeah, yeah. but what? So, I mean, the point is that we have knife gangs around here, and they mm. do get their hands on firearms. Mm. There was and, wasn't uh, there like ten stabbings last night in London or something? So yeah, yeah, news. probably. London's a massive place, and there's a lot of people very close to each other. Yeah, we're all massive. getting ripped off in Tesco and can't afford enough food. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking? You think I'm joking? Why? Why would they be fighting? Why would they be fighting unless they were desperate for something very basic? No, listen, we can't blame it on lack well, of food. You think, we have you think they all go stab each other and then just go home to their wives and go, well, lovely day, stabbing. I don't um, think it's people with wives, it's mainly have, kids, man. Let's have some dinner. Kids. It's turf wars. They're yeah, fighting over their wars. right to make money in a certain area. Or exactly. fighting over, yeah, or well, no, it's drugs, it's unregulated It's not like stuff. there isn't other opportunities. It's just, I don't know. There is a lack of other opportunities, for sure. Do you reckon? I'm, I'm telling you, they need... They need loads the of money. Housing in the same prices in London have regular mental. jobs. You think the gangsters who go around stabbing each other at night times go into the office in the day? No, I'm not saying no, it's the same people. Sick. I'm saying certain people make certain choices. No. No? no, no, no. I think, okay, so, I think so they so are next door neighbors, by other there's people, two people to join in. in. There's two people living next door to each other. One happens to be in a gang. One happens to have a regular job. What's stopping the person in the gang having a regular job? They're spending all their time being a gang member. Exactly, that's what I mean. Gang things. That is their job. Yeah. Yeah. Is that not a choice? <laughs> yeah. like... I hope they're declaring their tax. No. Like, the, the taxes you're, you're are relevant. Because, the point is that they would otherwise be sat around jobless. There are, it's kids fighting it's, yeah. over turf wars and drugs. And but also, I hate to the say. Drugs it, are more lucrative it's than the mu- normal jobs. The music. It's the music that makes them do it. All of because they, they, they glorify violence. And we the, we honestly cannot we cannot make and, the judgments. Sitting in my shed in Oxfordshire, I cannot pass any judgment on the reasoning that people are in gangs instead of getting jobs or just sitting there on the dole not being in a gang. Yeah, right. That's I can't I can't tell you. There's no you gangs. To ask them. You don't really get gangs in I'm, Oxfordshire. Do you? Let me just point one thing out. Most of them 
don't have that many guns, and that's good. The fact that they're going around knifing each other is bad, yeah. but it is better than going better. around shooting each other because they've all got sure. guns. Yeah. Yeah. So guns Definitely. are bad. Guns are bad. Unnecessary. Knives unnecessary. are bad, but not as bad because you've got to chop your carrot somehow. So <laughs> Knives are tools. On a similar topic we were just talking about, in mm. regards to 3D printing, whether or not you think it's a good idea, do you think there is an ability to print like samurai swords or would the, or would the sharpness no. not be possible? So you've got to think of... Actually, printing is, is viewed most usefully when you view it as a single production process within manufacturing, right? So it's not the only one. It's not the only tool I've got in here to make my drones and, you know, make computer stuff with. It's one of the really useful ones, don't get me wrong, and it's great for joining other stuff together. But, I'd, like, for the sake of argument, you want to make a, a sword, you're going to need a handle. And before you might have whittled down a piece of wood or you know drilled a hole through it and then you need a great big drill press and you need a workshop just to make a wooden handle mm. or, or you can literally just use a little knife and spend days and days and days and days making a handle right and all i have to do is knock something up on the computer or use a freely available design to print the handle but metal 3d printing is a misnomer Right. If you need really complex geometries in metal, metal 3D printing is perfect because no other process can do it. But it's no cheaper. In fact, the best way to make a sword blade is still that traditional way. You know, I mean, if you wanted to make it super quick, you just buy some steel bar and use a bench grinder to make it sharp. Yeah, I was more you know, interested that... in the in the sharp element with is that just something that would have to be sharpened afterwards. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you could 3D print a blade, right? Mm. You could 3D print a plastic blade and then sharpen it afterwards, but plastic's just not very good for blades, is it? Why <laughs> do you think our cutlery is made of metal? <laughs> you can get plastic you know? cutlery. It's not very good, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, to be honest, if you've got really like decent engineering plastic, you could make good plastic cutlery. It'd probably be more expensive than the fucking metal, because <laughs> not many people want it. And metal's got other properties which are also advantageous. Like, I don't know, you can polish it and like work it, and it's really quite tough. You know, metals metals some very interesting stuff. And there's you know there's a lot of traditional manufacturing processes that take advantage of that and, and make the most of it. So yeah, 3D printing has its place and it's making things easier, but it's not the be-all and end-all of manufacturing at all. No, but it does sound like it's decentralization. Um... Democratization of technology. That's what mm. I, I love that idea. Um, and I love it because I don't have to go... I don't have to be able to afford plastic parts now. I've, because I've made one investment, 350 quid, like I said... And like the rest is the rest is history. I can print anything I want, as long as it's made out of plastic. You can also, you can okay. So let's let's say you, how could you include three D printing in the process for making metal parts, right? Because you can't you can't 
just print metal. It's a bit pointless, really, unless, like I said, you need a very complex metal structure or geometry, or it's very weight sensitive, or or things like that. Where, in, so instead of getting a big block of metal and then machining loads of bits out of it to make it lighter and all that complicated stuff, you could just print instead, right? For complicated things like that, great. Um, but again, as soon as you get into high volume, as soon as you need a hundred of them, there's another process that's better instead of you know just one at a time through a printer it takes hours and hours and hours to print like my printer's massive now it can print 400 mil cubed so you know more than a ruler in every direction and that's humongous right i could pr- i could print something quite happily go around printing something the size of your head um but it <laughs> takes four or five days to print that Fucking hell. You know, it's not a fast thing. So you've either got to have 10, 20, 30 printers if you want to start producing things in volume, or you go to a different process like injection molding. So the, so let's let's talk about metal parts again. Cast metal parts, right? Where you, you basically get sand and you put it in a box. You put your part at your your like a negative almost, you know, your your um you make a mold pop that in the sand, pop more sand in the top, pack it all down, make some holes in it, and then pour liquid metal into it and cast, and you create a cast part. 3D printing plastic molds is brilliant. Mm. You can make them really complex without having to, like I said, use some other slower process. So what would be a good starter 3D printer for someone to invest in? Exactly what I've... I mean, where... It's probably a bit big. The one I've got is a bit big. But <laughs> don't brag. <laughs> there you go. There's the little. Outer... <laughs> yeah, there's, the... <laughs> there's the outer context clip. <laughs> um, so, so basically, right. The first printer I got was a hundred quid, but was god awful, Rub- rubbish quality. Everything came unstuck from the base as you're printing it, and but it was a great exercise in learning how printers work more than anything else. Um, the second one I got was a far better quality print but the software was terrible and it clagged up quite a lot and was quite difficult to fix because of lack of part availability so then then that cost me 750 quid okay that was a couple of years ago um in fact yeah yeah it's probably coming up two years ago and then this christmas just gone my christmas present to myself this year was a new printer which was 320 quid right in shipping to my house and was just huge and really precise and all the software's great and it's just coming on leaps and bounds right so now the the constraint isn't how much money have you got or how much do you know about assembling printers it is simply how much space have you got on your desk if you've got a few hundred quid spare, do you want something that's going to be a little bit, you know, easier space-wise, and but will print smaller things, or do you want a giant great printer so you can just, you know, you can start doing little production runs. You can print off ten or twenty of a of a single part in one go, if you really want to. Um, so yeah, that's that's where we're at now. Like, if you ask me, what's the ideal printer for somebody? I say, how much desk space have you got? It's the only question you need to know. 
Nice. Uh, do you think 3D printers will be uh, common in every household, or do you think it would be quite a niche thing? I don't. I don't think they are useful enough in everyday life to be in every household. Like, well, uh, there's a good reason now print shops exist, right? There's they've they've kind of done their thing. They've got into all the places they need to be. And they'll continue to find the odd new application and, and all that other stuff. But no, <laughs> I don't think most people are interested in the 3D design or, you know, all the other stuff. The, or like, they don't need it as often. It's, no, kind of, it's I, similar in a way, I guess, that no one has, not everyone has a dark room in there. Like when photography wasn't digital, it was always like everyone needed their their film developed but they no not everyone's willing to have a dark room in their house yes yeah, stinker <laughs> chemicals say, and all so that stuff yeah uh, but if it's just about desk space yeah but well it literally is but space is at a premium you know rent's expensive like yeah. you want a nice environment and actually printers are a little bit noisy they don't go they don't sit well in an office yeah. um because you want a nice quiet and calm environment in an office or at least i do that's, you know, I, I, te I tend to print things overnight when I'm not in the office, which is dangerous in its own right because <laughs> what if it mucks up. If it screws up overnight and you wake up, there's you just get the biggest pile of plastic it's... shit. <laughs> or that it's like developed intelligence and it's printed no, like won't. another printer and it's taken over your whole garden. And yeah, but I was, saying, I was saying this to Ross a minute ago. <laughs> The, what's the point in printing another printer out of plastic when my printer's made out of aluminium? To aluminium is uh, better than plastic. To give it to Ross. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, give Ross the plastic one. Yeah. Yeah, and Ross, if you get one, and you can print a printer for me as well. And I'll print you a shittier one. And then... <laughs> you, can't, you can't print the electronics what? to go in it. Like, I was saying to Ross, printing is a really great little production process, but it sits in this kind of great big under the umbrella of production processes. Like mm. we're saying, if you're going to make guns at home, right? Like I said, mm. you need a machining center as well as a printer, as well as, you know, other equipment. Like you'd have to wind your own springs and things like that. So yeah, you could print the little jig to wind your steel wire around to make a spring, but that's mm. not printing a spring, is it? That's printing some production tooling. So it's like I said, it's really useful, but it's part of a bigger picture. There's no point printing a metal blade for a samurai sword with a metal. Can you print, printer. Met Can you print yeah. with metal? Not my printer, but there are other printers. Basically, imagine it. For you, it's uh, really expensive compared to plastic, isn't it? No, it's basically imagine powder, right? So you imagine having a tray and you spread powder along it, and then you draw a stencil with a laser and it yeah. and it and it melts with the laser melts a little stencil together in the metal and you do another one on top and you keep putting more powder over the top um but they're they're super dangerous and super expensive you're talking a quarter of a million quid for a, a proper powder bed it's called direct metal laser sintering and there's there's loads of other variations but yeah they don't they're not the same there's people that are trying to do it like the squirty plastic method which is called fused deposition molding um or fdm you can do that with metal but it's, it's basically just not as good as the powder one 
right? Mm. So you can eat. So you either cast the metal parts, machine back big blocks of metal, or if you need some specific thing, print print metal with powder. Yeah, it happens. Cool. What would you? What's the future for? for um 3d printing say in a hundred years time a thousand years time where do you where do you see it like if it if it can just get better and better is there like like I've, like, like i said the the future isn't just printing is it it's yeah it's everything like well yeah you should do your five predictions for the future for yeah what's like. your five predictions for the future <laughs> my five predictions for the future um that... This is the new section of podcast, Jerry's five <laughs> predictions for the future. Um, I think people Insert are going jingle here. <laughs> Go. <laughs> um, five. We need five. We need five. People are going to get richer, right? Hmm. So my first prediction is that as people get more and more technology in their own hands, they hmm. will inevitably have more value in their lives and so they will become richer not necessarily even just with money but in terms of quality of life in terms of the material possessions you know people are getting more and more of that stuff um and i think depending on what individual people's priorities are some people's quality of life is going to improve more than others because they want to do things for themselves that they've historically relied on other people for. Um, I think those people are the are the ones that are going to win out. So that's prediction number one. Um, predi- prediction number two is mm. that things are going to get more scarce and there's going to be more fighting over them. So some resources. Oh. Uh, water is like a pretty obvious one now. There's already happening. Mm-hmm. You know, in dry countries, people fight over water. Um, But clean water is already really difficult to find. Um, I'm lucky enough to live in a place that actually has its own water source. Do you not think there's technologies going to get to a stage where it'll be able to make more water clean in the future? So people need water. They don't realise they need it probably as much as they should. But it's going to get worse. And there's going to be more and more people in the UK. The population is consistently growing, right? But the water supply isn't. It's not getting... We're not getting more and more fresh water okay, to match the population growth, are we? So I thought you meant globally, they're going to have to sorry, think up more yeah. ways to get water. People are going to be richer. Your first, so they can... If people are going to be richer, like your first prediction, then they can... I don't I don't mean richer in terms of like raw money we're not going to suddenly have more disposable income necessarily to buy the the now expensive water what I'm saying is if you become richer in Mm -hmm. material possessions and technology Mm -hmm. then you might have your own means of collecting and processing water so it's safe to drink yeah and that would make you rich Uh, yeah um, so I think that's. I think people are going to start redefining what is valuable um, mm. as a result, and that I think that's a cultural shift we'll see in the future. Is that different things will be important? You know, is this prediction con- free? Hang on, because you need what five? Yeah, so specific ones. Let's let's have a quick review. Okay. Prediction one: people are going to we'll get, get richer. richer. Okay. Redistribution <laughs> of wealth. Redefinition of wealth as well. 
Bitcoin. But yes, yes, some some like I said, the democratization of technology is going to make people richer. Not necessarily in finance, but in terms of the things they have in their lives. Food, water, electricity, security, all of those things. Right. They they'll seize the means of production. <laughs> oh god. The um so no <laughs> you foresee communism so, again. <laughs> It's not, it's not well it kind of is isn't it but it's not it's not communism from the top down it's it's but you see more of a just you don't you're not even you're not even saying like the what communism is you're saying about just it's not people communism being more self-efficient so yeah but it's it's not Which is self-sufficient in the sense of isolating yourself from the system is it? Oh, no. So, it never so is. people are going to get richer and have more and better stuff. Technology being the stuff, right? So, mm. so number two, things things are going to become scarce, and they're going to require mm. technology to fix it. Water, I think, is the the number one, the obvious one. Um, you know, in, even in the context of coronavirus, right? You don't want to go to the supermarket every day to buy the fresh food people will be eating more dried foods and and long life stuff just so they don't have to mm. expose themselves to other people as much yeah. so that's do you think that's going to be a concern that's going to outlive the virus no, no. i think i think as soon as the, the virus is perceived to be gone away we'll be all out in the shops again like i personally cannot wait to get down the pub and get smashed <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure everybody's in the same boat. Like, <laughs> or to, actually, what, gonna what I nuts, crave. Man. So, so let's let's. This year's a great cultural shift. What has become scarce, and that is direct social exposure <laughs> to the people we love, our friends, yeah, our families. That's the scarce resource at the moment is human touching. Yeah, human contact. Yeah. Touching's a bit ominous. Um, <laughs> Well, you know, whatever floats your boat. I mean, I just no, I like to be near I people. I don't have to touch I, them. Um, I, I'd happily be on. I used to hate like the London Underground when it was all packed. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm actually. It'd be like I'd a roller coaster ride that, now. Being bumpy, bumping into people. Look at all these people. I just Madness. want to be touched by a stranger. <laughs> Consensually. Um, oh, it, it's one of your predictions. Do you think we'll live in a freer or less free society in 50 years? I I think that some things will be less free. So for I'll go back to water. I think water will be a natural resource which requires more intensive extraction. So, for example, desalination of water, of seawater into drinking water happens now, but it's far more expensive and energy intensive than um, pulling it out of rivers and effectively just cleaning it, right? Mm. Which is basically where most of our water will come from. It's a far cheaper process. But if there, if there are more people and the same amount of water, it's, you know, it's going to become more valuable unless you can find a way to get it yourself. Which is, I think, the I think the solution. But again, most people aren't interested. Um, I meant more so, free, as in like politically free. Sorry. So we're already politically completely free, pretty much. As as individuals, you know, yeah. making making podcasts, sat in sheds. 
I can say and think and do anything I want. Mm. And mm. it's only it's only when I go and cause harm to others or or the perception or of harm or risk of harm that is then in the public interest to come and enforce against me. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. The well, police aren't going to come knocking on my... with Tesco's for knocking them off. But luckily there's there's such a low threshold for damage in the words I've said that they probably won't. Um, Fingers crossed. But yeah, yeah, I'm if saying it was millions of millions of YouTube subscribers, then <laughs> I'd probably be <laughs> more careful in what I said. Well, I I listen to I listen to this podcast. I'm one of the listeners, and yeah. I'm going to complain about it. it to complain it. about you. <laughs> you should complain to Ofcom specifically. <laughs> They're the ones you need to complain to. Um, don't give and them any then, ideas. Uh, so, uh, yeah, there's so... basically no one you can complain to actually because it's on the internet. It's not like mm. it's kind of kind of Ofcom's remit, but it's kind of global and doesn't really like. Can you, do, gym, can you say whatever not... you like on the internet? Is that legal? Yes, quite clearly. No, whether it's le- <laughs> whether it's legal or not is a completely different issue. Or that's exactly what I said. It's not. It's not. It doesn't matter. We are we are politically free mm. until somebody tells us off, and they will only tell us off if we hurt somebody else's interests. Mm. You know. So, but yeah, the, there is an issue in the UK of. Um, I'm not saying this is like total totalitarianism or something, but like we do have an issue at the moment with the term "grossly offensive" being used as a way to get in trouble for stuff you've said on the internet now that seems like a well a, a far mm. too broad a term for my liking uh but i don't think we live in a not free country because of that i still think no i think we live in a very conscientious country free yes <laughs> um i mean people are just saying like you know don't be so nasty to each other yeah like, if something's grossly offensive then whether or not you think we have the right to take grossly offensive statements and and enforce against them it's like what level of enforcement i would err on the side oh yeah because people or people believe people can be just nonsense you can't police that Um, i think i think you should sanitize things that are are listened to by millions of people if you are an influencer and you have literally millions of people hanging on your every word if you say something that it's well, you wouldn't good. Want, like, if, if you were like a flat though. earther, you wouldn't let them be a primary school teacher because, or something like that. But, I mean, if so, if someone says something ridiculous and they've got millions of listeners, then loads of their listeners are going to fuck off because they don't like what they said. That seems like a self-policing yeah, or some, Yeah, but at the situation. same time, might, people might keep listening just because it's disgusting. So? You know? does, that doesn't oh. matter, though, does it? That's so bad. I've, this guy, like, we need to monitor this person, make sure, you know, listen just how bad oh, it's getting. <laughs> um, it's like it's like watching, what was his name? Joey, the Tiger Boy, whatever his name is. I don't know you talking about. Tiger oh, King, Tiger there you go. King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, you, don't watch that, you don't watch that because you respect his views. I mean, to be honest, he said some interesting, you know, things about how to treat animals and he has a certain view. But, you're watching it with your jaw dropped mm. purely just to see how crazy the world is, you know, to watch yeah. it burn live in front of you, basically. Mm. Um, 
That's what that's mm. what I'm saying. If you if you openly started expressing racist Nazi views on your otherwise, you know, normal channel, mm. you would mm. get PR out of it. <laughs> but you know, it's but, not well, there's an very, idea, not Ross. Very good PR. Yeah, and it's and not, start being really, extremely really the direction I want to go. The viewers, <laughs> all the viewers in first, and then give them your crazy views. But it's, um, or get other people's crazy views. But with the that's question a, is, should great... the police be able to come to your house if you say something horrible on the internet that isn't threatening anyone? And it's just a, a dirty thing uh, to say. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> if, you, if you say something horrible that's not hor- actually horrible to anybody, mm. then it's not grossly offensive, is it? But yeah, it still can yeah. be grossly offensive. No, it's not. In order to be offensive, it has to be perceived by a person as negative. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, same, but it, that doesn't have to be aimed at that person for it to be considered grossly offensive. And why should something that's grossly offensive? No, but they're, all they're doing is empathising with somebody else who would find it grossly offensive. Yeah, but that's not that shouldn't be legislated. So me, I it? find racism offensive. But yeah, I'm what <laughs> good. <laughs> like, yeah, because I empathise with anybody who. Well, I, I can't empathise. No, it's not even empathy, is it? Um. I well, it's definitely it's I illegal. Might have had you can't mild... say shit. That, that's definitely illegal. You, you can't like you get done. There's laws against that. Yeah, but any kind of derogatory you get done for, like, or outraging negative. public decency. What is or... what is grossly offensive then? That isn't. Well, yeah, isn't as there, bad. Well, like I, I, I think I could make I a understand. comprehensive list of things that that you are grossly offensive like that. Like it would be. Yeah, racist stuff. Stuff you shouldn't be able to tell lies about people. Pornographic uh, stuff is pretty offensive, isn't it? Okay, but what, who decides what the lie is? Yeah, Me. The, the, it's like it's like that thing. If <laughs> the wind that. blows through the trees in a forest where there is nobody in the forest, <laughs> does it make any noise? Is that the, is that how they usually say that phrase when, <laughs> when the wind blows them through the trees in the forest? In the forest, there's like no there's like no people in the forest, not anyone. It's just, um, it's, it's if, if the tree falls in the woods, does anyone hear it? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I liked <laughs> your one better. It was longer and more pretty. I liked the, the thought of the breeze. Things lift. Mm. I actually find your I actually find your sarcasm. Grossly offensive. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but the point is, I'm here to perceive that, and that is the important bit here, right? Yeah, I perceived your sarcasm and was grossly offended by it. Therefore, it yeah, was grossly yeah, offensive, yeah, yeah. and you so probably shouldn't. Grossly have done it. offensive is an emotion, I, isn't it? It's not. It's a reaction. It's just subjective isn't it? as shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, subjective. And the point is, how much damage can you cause? And the answer is, only, you know. <laughs> As many people hear it, as... <laughs> but is it real damage? If it's you can only cause as much damage as there are people to hear it. Oh yeah, so we're politically free unless you're in a position of social responsibility, at which point you have a large, you exert a large amount of influence, and if you say something bad, lots of people are going to either judge you or, um, like learn from you and then start regurgitating what you've said. And that it's your social responsibility not to not to deal with that. And that's why we only make these educational podcasts for people. To, yeah, it's just our social responsibility. 
Well, I think the fact that we're discussing the very nature of it is actually it's quite it's relatively enlightening compared to mm. some of the shit we see. <laughs> you know, mainstream media playing you like, I don't know, like these weird like ritual mating shows where they coop a load of people up on an island. I hate them. I really hate them. It's quite, well, it's quite carnal, I think. It's quite, like, it's a fundamental function of a human being to mate, right? Therefore, yes. it's it's arguably one of the most interesting things because it's very <laughs> important in our lives. It's not, though, is it? It's shagging and making babies is really important <laughs> for the furtherment of humanity. It's arguably more important than anything else, apart from eating, to give yeah, yourself true, energy for shagging. It's not, it's not what I want to watch on television. <laughs> no, but lots of people do, and that's what I'm saying. And it's not very educational. It's not very enlightening. I mean, it might be in a social context, I guess, sort of. Have you ever seen Love Island, man? It's the opposite to enlightening. I, I think it makes people more stupid exactly. by watching it. It's like it's... yeah, but what? No, no. Actually, what it's doing is crystallizing mating rituals and extracting everything else from the program. There's no, mm. you know, no other aspect of life like finding food, or I mean, yeah, they do. They do kind of film them eating and stuff. And they yeah. might do cooking challenges or something like that. You know, there's some basic things. But we're a very advanced civilization now. You know, we've yes. been to school, most of us. And yeah, I, we've I learned, learned stuff and we've got really obscure jobs and we rely on millions of other people in far-flung places to provide all the things we perceive as needed in our lives. Like all yes. our you know, different clothes for every day of the week. You know, we all, we all like, have these really complex interactions, and yeah, the most fundamentally important things do still get millions of views. Yes, yeah. So, not to my, not to my, my liking. Yeah. My my first prediction was that we will all get richer in terms of yeah. the technology and the material goods and yeah. the means of production that we have. Right. The second prediction was the, the scarcity of resources. Of especially some, water some resources especially water mm. um, my third is that those who are in control now will lose as we all get richer individually they will lose their influence and control over us they already are doing it I'm saying again most people will realise that you know, if you can provide your own food and water, I'm I'm certainly realising it. I don't mm. have to rely on anybody. Um, there are really difficult things like wastewater and sewage that mm. really, like, you've got to come up with something pretty good to <laughs> not need Thames water anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, poo in a hole in the garden. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of a backward step. Come past out. Well, but <laughs> you say that, but in developing nations, there's a lot of um, they're testing houses where they you keep all the um, excrement or effluent or whatever you want to call it, and you keep yeah. it all in a great big domed structure, like in the Ooh. basement. And then all yeah. the gases rise to the top, and you can actually cook off those gases. You can get heating <laughs> off those gases. Oh my Mountains. god, I am not, not ideal, <laughs> anything cooked off of that gas, man. Imagine that. Why? Their steaks <laughs> are going to taste terrible. Good have a farty steak. Poo gas. <laughs> yeah, poo gas. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but 
poo gas is better than no gas. Better than chopping <laughs> down. Be in the room when they're doing Be- that. Better than sort of going miles and miles to go and get some coal from, you know, the government subsidised coal distribution facility, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's a good idea. Well, that coal dude that mugs you off every week and his prices always go up, and yet your vegetable prices, that are the only thing you can do is, you know, grow, grow some veggies and try and swap <laughs> them for some coal. And, yeah, he's mugging you off because he goes around to loads of people with vegetables and they all sell it him cheaper. So he wants it cheaper this week. It's going to give you less coal. You I know? don't know who this coal fella is. <laughs> What's that? I don't know who this coal fella is that you're talking about. I don't about. like him, whoever he is. <laughs> the coal man. The coal dude. metaphor is um, actually a man who comes around and... It's very presumptuous assuming it's coal. a man, isn't it? Could be the Lord coal lady. The coal Could be a five-year-old yeah. with a beard. Could be the coal, the coal person. Could be the coal five-year-old with a beard. Um, <laughs> doesn't have to produce any kind of identification. Just needs coal. <laughs> Bag of coal. <laughs> Do you have a man for everything? Every item of yours is delivered by a man. You've got the potato man, the pasta man comes around. The postman. Weetabix man, the postman. I've got him actually, the postman. So that's my third third prediction then. Yeah. So we're all going to get richer. There's going to be scarcity of other things. We've got to work out how to different ways to get them. Mm. People, the people who are in control right now in the, the you know the top powers in the world um will basically have less to do so for example oil versus solar power and wind power and all the rest of it once we've set up solar and wind power they sort of just keep going don't they for 10 20 years whereas oil you constantly have to extract from the ground put it in ships cart it around the country put it on lorries all that stuff and it's very intensive and an arduous process but if we've all got solar panels on our houses we're not going to need oil for the power stations anyway so they'll have less to do they will have less oil pipelines to defend or or you know less international commercial interests to um to to defend yeah, less out wars. in other people's country yeah exactly but so, uh, yeah the the problem with the natural energy at the moment is you don't have the batteries to store them do you think there'll be a improvement in battery technology that will mean that you can store enough from the sun that you can use it constantly even when it's yeah. not the sun's uh, not so driving. there's and there's two drivers for this i mean this is this is mr musk's um tesla territory really isn't it so there's there's two things happening right did you know they've just found a massive massive lithium deposit in cornwall no, no, really. That, no. yeah really um so there's Basically, there's loads of lithium in Cornwall, and so we could start making batteries in the UK. So that'd be good. Um, <laughs> but the the point is that the batteries are going to get better only when we start buying millions of batteries and buy more and more of them to give companies more and more incentive to make them better, so they can compete over battery technology. And they're already doing it. Tesla are already wiping the floor with everybody, and then everybody has to come back. And Panasonic, are, they got in bed with Tesla originally, and you got Samsung making batteries as well, and they're all you know. Trying to make your phone last longer every day and yeah. um, put, make your electric cars cheaper. So the batteries are great now. They're just pretty expensive. Uh, and they're quite heavy, actually, as well. So they will get better, right? But Tesla have already put giant battery plants in, in Australia. And they sit between the solar farms and the grid, right? So when there's a power 
uh, like a peak, a spike in in the need for power. Normally, you'd have to go and turn on a whole power plant, and that take might take you half an hour to just you know get the thing wound up and going and, and making power and then it's it'd have to run for four hours or something like that and then it'd take another half hour to turn it off again and that's so you're actually you're dumping electricity that you've made at that point if it's not getting used but what these batteries are doing is somebody goes i need loads of electricity for 10 minutes and they go they go they're just ready you know, milliseconds, and then they're putting power in the grid. So, so not only are they stopping power stations coming on, but they're also stabilizing the grid. They're, and it's amazing. So, the batteries are already having this effect. Um, we we will get batteries. It's inevitable. There's mm. there's my prediction is that energy will cease to be scarce. Right. Okay. Um, and um, what else? I've got a fifth prediction What's your to make. Fifth prediction? My prediction is this, that we will continue to do what every animal has done or every every life form has done on Earth to mm. date, and we will continue to do it, right? Have you you've seen bacteria grow in Petri dishes where it starts yeah. with one little bacteria and it finds out that it's a great place to live, right? And it breeds and it fills up the Petri dish. And then if you mm. leave it it will start sending little spores out outside of the petri dish and it finds a petri dish nearby and it it dies before it gets to that petri dish and so it has to adapt and eventually it will either send enough spores or the spores will become stronger until they can reach that next petri dish mm. and then they've they've colonized a new petri dish right and then mm. they spread around in the air and they find a human and there's loads of human hosts that they could jump into. And they're not quite good enough yet. But eventually, you know, maybe over the course of years, they'll, they'll adapt and suddenly be able to feed on humans as well as Petri dishes full of um, agar jelly or whatever they use, right? So humans are doing the same thing. We've, we've sort of turned up on this earth as, as whatever basic animals and the animals developed and grew and have now taken over the earth and now the humans are the most advanced animals and we've completely taken over the earth and we're just starting to reach out and there's like a few people out in space now all the time so we do inhabit space and it's very expensive, it's very risky and we need to get out further than that, right? People, we want to go and colonise the moon and Mars and other planets and where there's more resources and there's, you know, if an asteroid hits Earth, then not all of us are going to die. And all, all these kind of lovely things that, you know, humans are going are gonna to grow and develop. And we're already doing it. So my prediction is that we will continue to grow as a species until we've adapted ourselves to survive in other environments. Well, we'd probably no. adapt the other environment, wouldn't we? Because they're going to have to do shit to Mars in order for us to live there. Uh, what was your no. you wrote a question down earlier, Liam? Was it uh, will we leave the solar system? Yeah, will we leave the solar system? There's no. You've got to think in terms of time scales. So, what's what's the point? <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I mean, go to Alpha Centauri. It's, it's how far away? How many light years? How fast can your spaceship really go? Um, so, I, th I think basically it's. Even now, right? I don't think there's much point landing on Mars and living on Mars because you're going to have to spend six to 18 months getting to Mars or back from Mars, right? 
So you've mm. got to build yourself some sort of arc equivalent, which contains mm. enough food or a means of food production and water recycling and all the other stuff. So by the time you get to Mars, you probably need a water top up. But what's mm. what's the point wasting all the energy getting down to the surface of Mars and going back up again with the your Earth, entire the, ship? Because the Earth has got a, too rubbish and f we need to... Yeah, eventually. But Earth won't be too rubbish. And if it is, then it would just kill everyone. It's not good. I don't think it will get as rubbish as Mars is rubbish already. <laughs> yeah, Mars is a pretty terrible place to live, to be honest. But it's got some. It's got some ice on it. I bet you it's got loads of like iron and you know good good natural resources which we can turn into useful stuff. But we've already effectively colonized it. That's the other thing to bear in mind. There are robots on Mars mm. already. Yeah. Our little slaves. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're already there and they are already adapted to living on Mars. Yeah. So that's we have we've already colonized it, right? Just not with ourselves, with extensions of ourselves that are little computers. Yeah. So we're just my my prediction is we will simply continue to do that. I think if we go up into space, we'll make space stations and and spaceships that we can travel to anywhere we want. But you probably just live on the spaceship until there's loads of stuff on mars ready for us to go down there which is going to have to be built by robots yeah. like why don't we, why I, guess, don't we yeah, send... I guess robots will just get so good that we don't even need to send humans up there like if we like... yeah or, or before the humans even go to mars we can get enough robots there building our houses there and and building farms and greenhouses and uh, power stations and solar mm. farms and all this stuff yeah starbucks Cool. Okay, it's just about to run out of time. So, uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me both. <laughs> Thank you. So, for... hang on, who's going to win the Premiership? <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, cheers, boys. <laughs> <laughs>